The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well. Thanks for joining us on The Big Red Bench this Sunday evening. It's been quite the day of sports and uh, Cork losing by a single point to Clare today. What a game. What a game of hurling that was. We're going to get reaction from Pat Ryan. We're going to from Brian Lone as well and Aidan Lee. Our man was up there. We're going to talk to him about this Cork performance we're in next for Cork and how they've uh, improved uh, this year under Pat Ryan. Or have they improved? We'll talk to Aidan about that in just a little bit. Reaction from the Cork Intermediate Camogie side of they've been carrying the Munster Intermediate Camogie final today. We're going to look back on Katie Taylor's fight last. Then we're going to hear from Spike O'Sullivan who was ringside. And we're going to preview the Skeen of Skull finals coming up this week as well in Parky Queen. That's all to come on the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. My name's Rory Hagan here with you until 7pm. If you would like to give us a shout, 0868104106 is the place to get in touch with us on the show tonight. We are going to start, though, in Ennis, and what a game uh, it was today. Clare 222, Cork 318, a one-point win for the banner. Jamer Ryan with just a superb score to clinch it for the home side today. Let's get the full-time report from Aidan Leahy after that absolutely absolutely epic battle with Clare. Full-time in Ennis in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship and it's Clare who win by one point against Cork in an absolute rip-roar of a game. The first half, well, it was all Clare towards the end of it. They outscored Cork 1-8 to 2 points between minutes 16 and 36. Tony Kelly getting a goal. It was Conor Catalan who found the net for Cork after eight minutes. The second half was a nightmare start for Cork. Penalty for Clare given away by Kieran Joyce. It was Shane O'Donnell who drew the foul and Tony Kelly made no mistake. And the banner looked to be running away with this until Cork got a penalty of their own in the 45th minute. Substitute Shane Kingston coming on winning that one. Patrick Horgan, it was a poor penalty straight at Clare goalkeeper Aver Quilligan. But Dickie Dalton ran in, pulled on the ground and sent it into the back of the net. Then on 64 minutes, Patrick Horgan found the net himself, brought Cork level and it was tit for tat in the final 10 minutes of the game. Points for Cork by Patrick Horgan and Shane Kingston kept them level but it was Dermot Ryan who had four points in all. He got the winning score and caught the ball to end the game as well for Clare in what was a man of the match performance for the wing back. An overwhelming atmosphere in Ennis. It finished Clare 2-22, Cork 3-18. What a game of hurling. Just the shame it ended in defeat for Cork. Battled back to come from eight points down and get right back in. So we're going to hear from Pat Ryan on that very, very shortly indeed. It means Cork now have to go to Limerick and get something next week. Uh, Limerick have drawn a Tipperary, Cahill Minogue. Full time here at Semple Stadium and it is a draw game with a final score of Limerick, 25 points. Tipperary, 25 points. What a 76 minutes of hurling we were treated to here. It was a game that really had that championship feel with a crowd of over 37,000 roaring their team on after every score. It was a frantic enough first half with Tipperary leading going into the break, but it took Limerick less than five minutes of the second half to take that lead back. It was a game that was tit for tat for most parts, particularly in the second half, and both teams displayed some excellent heart and hurling throughout. 
There was drama right up until the 76th minute of this game when Limerick's Barry Nash was shown a red card for his second yellow and soon after Tipperary manager Liam Cal was shown a red and sent to the stands. The hero of the day for Tipperary was John McGrath who sent the last puck of the game over the bar with a crucial free. This was a game that showed why the Munster Championship is so special and has, it has left this competition wide open heading into the final round of games. Final score here in Semple Stadium. It is Tipperary 25 points, Limerick 25 points. And what a final round of games we have next week. Cork going to the Gaelic Grounds next week uh, for a four o'clock start uh, against Limerick next Sunday. Tipperary taking on Waterford and what is going to be an absolutely epic encounter as well. Um, well, maybe not, but you know what I'm saying. It's the championship. Anything can happen, really. Um, so, uh, as things stand, it's clear top with uh, three wins from four games. Tipperary are second on four points. Cork are third um, on three points. Limerick have three points Cork at third by virtue of their better scoring difference of eight and at Waterford at bottom of the table no wins uh, from three games uh, and the scoring difference of minus 23 so uh, Cork have a little bit of work to do um, if they're to progress but yeah it's going to be an absolutely huge battle against Limerick uh, next Sunday we'll have a reaction coming up from that Cork Hill Clare game in just a little bit um, elsewhere today uh, what about this for a comeback in the Leinster uh, Championship Westmeath beating Wexford 418 to 222 Westmeath wore 16 points down at half time they came back to win by two what a comeback there elsewhere Galway hammering Antrim 529 to 122 at Pierce Stadium in the All Ireland Senior Football Championship finishing all square between Sligo and Kildare 14 points apiece in Camogie Cork have beaten Kerry in the Munster Intermediate Final finished Cork 218 carrying 9 points I'm going to get you some reaction on that game coming up in the next 20 minutes or so uh, in the Premier League and a uh, big, big result today for Brighton as they secured European football for the very first time in their history with a 3-1 win over Southampton and Evan Ferguson on target twice. Mike Lawrence. Brighton 3, Southampton 1. Brighton are guaranteed of European football for the first time in the club's history with two games still to play. Two first-half goals from Irish teenager Evan Ferguson put the home side in control against already relegated Southampton. Mohamed Elian Nusi's header early in the second half gave the visitors hope before Pascal Gross's ninth goal of the season sealed the victory. Brighton 3, Southampton 1. Not looking good at all for Leeds. Guy Swindles. West Ham 3, Leeds 1. Leeds now must beat Tottenham and hope results go with them if they're to try and stay in the Premier League. After West Ham, after a slow start, played superbly and thoroughly deserved this victory. Rodrigo did give Leeds the lead in the 17th minute and for the first 20 minutes or so they were exceptional. But once Declan Rice on possibly his last match for the club at this ground equalised then it was all one-way traffic. There were further goals for Bowen and for Lanzini, another man who definitely will be playing here for the last time, uh, to score the goals. Both checked by VAR, both on side. West Ham 3, Leeds 1. Man City, meanwhile, have beaten Chelsea uh, by a goal to nil. Chelsea, or Man City, of course, uh, crown champions ahead of that game after Arsenal's uh, defeat yesterday. Uh, elsewhere today in uh, 
Golf and uh, the final round of the uh, PGA Championship uh, is taking place today. Roy McIlroy, five shots off the pace. He is on one under par. He's ting off uh, just under an hour's time at 7pm. Uh, Shane Lowry is uh, ting off at 6.20. He's one over par. Brooks Kupka, the man to catch there, on six under par. All right, we are going to kick off the show with Hurling and that uh, defeat for Cork today against Claremont was a pulsating, pulsating Munster Senior Hurling Championship clash. We're going to hear from Aidan in a bit. I spoke to him just after the final whistle today. And first we're going to hear from our Cork boss, Pat Ryan, after uh, today's defeat. Yeah, from the, the whole lads battled the way back. was looking for us still just to get us in the day and then got the fighting scores at the end to win the game. It looked at one stage as if it was going to finish in a draw, but in fairness to Clare, they showed a lot of maturity to hang in there. I did look sure they were a very mature team. Yeah, <laughs> we their yeah. a long time, so um, look, 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 a draw wouldn't have really done us anything. We'd still have to run in Limerick next week, so look a bit disappointed there. We kind of got back level and we had two or three, two or three handy... I thought they were probably quick puckouts in, in the modern day where the things that there was were fucked up quickly enough and uh, they got a couple of kind of loose scores which was a point from our point of view, you know. You know, when Patrick Horgan got that goal, I could see you giving that jump on the sideline. The cop supporters did as well. It looked like you were on the road. Yeah, it was, yeah. Look, look, look. But as I said, look, I think we gave away two or three very handy scores that they got. Uh, they were running out one. I think McInerney got another one in the half-back line there from uh, easy quick puckouts and Fitzgerald got another one. So, look, a disappointed from that side of our place. But look, look, I couldn't be more proud of our fellas. The effort they gave. Uh, they played for the jersey which we've been asking all year to do, you know. It could come down to a huge game in Limerick next Sunday, couldn't it? Yeah, well it does look, I suppose, look, look, I don't know, whatever the result in the minute, Limerick will have four points and we'll have three points going up to Limerick next week, so that'll be, look, obviously we'll need to win that game if we want to progress. Uh, the second part of the first half I suppose when you look back was a crucial period I think 1-8 to 2 they'll score G. yeah we lost our shape a small but I think uh, Dennis in that shape you know, um, we did 2-3 we probably had 4 goal opportunities in the first half that we didn't take and look that was probably the same against the career you look when you get those opportunities against teams you have to put them away and look we've been trying to get goals um, but look um, look, they were a good team we know they were a good team they did a good, very good support there and uh, look I think look, just just a bit disappointed that we couldn't get the result today and like when, when they got the penalty at the start of the second half you know where you're kind of fearful given that you'd have had instructions and a plan to come out at, at uh, after half time and then for them to have gone ahead by so much again. yeah yeah look, look we just got caught like you know look, and then obviously Jason just got caught in the, in the thing and look, in fairness look did, did well enough to kind of defend it and look obviously give away a penalty in the end but um, look the more side of it we're delighted with our lads that really showed great battle and hard to play the jersey after that but look, we had a couple of uh, glorious opportunities as well to get a couple of scores that we didn't take and, and look, a bit disappointed from that but look we move on to Limerick next week that's, look, that's the nature of this thing it's very um, very um, tough competition to know the way Munster is at the moment so look we'll pick ourselves up you know, after today and, and be ready to go for Limerick next week The bench again proves fairly pivotal like they came on and turned that around and all the subs that came on made an impact Yeah look all the subs that came on and made an impact like we know we have a strong panel and stuff like that like, but uh, look, um, look as I said look I think look, when we got back level there we gave one or two kind of handy scores away from them and two or three opportunities from puck outs and that was disappointing actually. I suppose it was one or two times well maybe three times in the second half where the ball just kept seeing to find in John Conlon the one man you don't want the ball to drop to in the halfback line yeah but look when that's the first team to get caught with that to be honest with you look John Conlon's a very good player and look he puts himself in the right, in the right areas I thought look we had a great opportunity we hit one or two balls away that we should have worked a bit better but look look it's you know it's he the championship match look fellas, fellas are trying their hardest and look we'll um, go back look at the video and see where we can improve upon look at the good things we did and look at there was plenty of uh, areas we can improve upon for next week you got level three times, Pat, in the second half. You never 
never got ahead. You needed probably get ahead once. Just needed to get ahead, yeah. Look, I think, look, look, even the three times that we got back level, I think they got three quick puck outs off and got three kind of handy scores to put them back up a point. Um, do you know, look, look, we, look obviously, look, it's just about us getting our shape back, you know, and getting getting tuned into that. Probably didn't tune in well enough to that, look, but look, look can't fault our fellas for effort today, you know. And obviously, the task next time out is a huge one again to go away. Yeah, it is. Look, but we, we kind of knew that. Look, look, when we drew with Tipperary, we knew that the task was going to be huge. We had to win one of these two, one of these two games. Obviously, came up short against Clare today. So look, we're going up against Limerick um, next um, next Sunday again. So look, but you know, great opportunity for us to see where we're at as well. And playing catch up in a lot of games this year, the resilience kind of has been shown. You know, right from the outset, most of Hurling League in the National Hurling League. And against Tip, I suppose was this one game too far. Yeah, look, it probably was. Look, I suppose look, that's an area that we need to look. We're kind of getting patches in the middle where we kind of go quiet, and we, we let the team out score us. Look, as, as I said earlier, this goes at one eight to two points at one stage there in the second half, on the first half. And look, that's a disappointing. We need to work on a bit better on that. But uh, look, uh, look, as I said, can't fault our fellas. But look, we've been mammoth now. We tried to raise the lads now again. They're very disappointed with that result. But look, we'll have a uh, Limerick in uh, two weeks then, or next week. So. All right, we just heard from Pat Ryan there, joined on the line now by our man who is uh, watching the game for us up in Ennis. That was Mr. Aidan Leahy, who I think has just about gotten his breath back after an epic, epic encounter. What a game of hurling this was, Aidan. Um, it was yeah. heart attack inducing stuff, basically. It was just like, I was on my feet. I was in the studio here. I was screaming the TV for the last 10 minutes on my feet. What was it like there in person in Ennis? Like, like the the atmosphere sounded amazing on TV, but I'd imagine in person it was just absolutely electric. The atmosphere was fairly overwhelming, like especially at the end. I mean, the the shed on the far side there, the, the covered uh, terrace or whatever, like he was literally bouncing, like he was mental stuff. And like the Clare players got a great kick out of it at the end. You know, they were kind of just taking it all in in the middle of the pitch and uh, I suppose you know we often see it like with, with with soccer teams or whatever going over and giving the fist, fist bumps to the crowd like but a couple of times one or two players you know they'd let a bit of a lull go and next thing they'd run back over to the crowd again and they'd get going like it was it really was special but obviously it was, it was very gutting for Cork Um but I don't think they can have too many complaints at the end of the day. No, they can't. Um, they let Clare get into a big lead, um, um, and I suppose that was their downfall. I mean, with Cork won eight points down at one stage in that second half, um, and it, it, to be fair to Cork, they battled back very, very gamely and put it up to Clare for a lot of the second half, but just didn't have that, I suppose, that cutting edge coming down the stretch. Yeah, I think... The second quarter of the game is, is what cost Cork the game. You know, uh, one eight to two points was in favour of Clare between minutes 16 and 36, um, which it's very telling. And that, that that was the period of the game that, that cost Cork this, I, I'm, I'm convinced anyway, um, because they did, they were coming, they were finishing stronger. Uh, Clare were just able, like Pat Ryan says, that if they could just have got their noses in front, maybe then, but Clare kept on pegging them back. Um but yeah, it was that period, 16 to 36. Like I mean, the second half, horror start. You know, I mean, you go and you tell your guys, let's let's get the first score of the game here and uh, or first score of the half and try and get back into the game and you give away a penalty. Um, and Joyce was kind of lucky to get away with the yellow card as well. It was fairly cynical, like he just cost Shane O'Donnell uh, to stop him from going through. Good penalty by Tony Kelly. Um, there was times where Clare really were on top in the game and they probably regret not putting more on the boards. Like there was a period 
in the build up to that that kind of 16 to 36 minutes where, where Clare did have it all their own way but they weren't really making the impact on the scoreboard and eventually they started to chip in a few points 28 minutes gone then Tony Kelly gets a goal um, Conor Catalan was the one who got the Cork goal after 8 minutes it was a pretty good goal too by him um, and Clare just finished out the, the first half very strongly and were just able to keep their noses in front just about against Cork but like that Cork like the way they came back they've done it so many times now this year um, obviously not against Warf they didn't have mm-hmm. to lead from start to finish but um, the way they came back in the second half to get it level again Hoggy well, 1-9 today you know I thought TJ Reid was supposed to be waltzing past him in the all-time scores charts like he was very good today um, probably struggled at times in the first half he got beaten to the ball but it's not really you don't really want Hoggy as the one trying to run into space onto the ball, you know. Um, but he, he was getting kind of cleaned out at one stage by, by Rory Hayes. But uh, incredible stuff, 1-9. Like, he stood up in the second half. Kingston came on, made a big impact as well. Only got a point, but won the penalty too. Um, so all the subs played their parts. And, yeah, just when when the game just tore open in that last 10 minutes and it was so hectic... Claire just managed it a bit better and were just a bit sounder on the ball and like the scores from uh, Dermot Ryan and, and even Der- David McInerney as well like for I think is there six points maybe from, from those two wing backs like mm. uh, Dermot Ryan's winner and like Dermot Ryan's the man that catches the ball then to, to, to end the game too like it was incredible by him he was my man of the match but like that like you were saying, I, I was happy you said I was watching the game because covering it would have been a stretch. Like this was so <laughs> difficult. I have notes just strewn all around here. Um, yeah. oh, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Um, but even like when Cork got that third goal, they're right in it. But then Clare go up and get the next two points. I suppose it's those kind of yeah. fine margins. I suppose that that this game rested on. Yeah, like it just it sucked the wind out of the sails that that goal gave Cork. You know, um, it's just that that was that bit of experience maybe from. Like the the Munster final last year, standing to them, and um, the semi final against Kilkenny, I imagine is is their big game. They want to avenge that performance because they would have been so disappointed last year. They're they're into a Munster final now, probably with a, a bit less, uh, you know, battle scars from from last year. As Brian Lohan even said, he found this year a bit easier. I don't really know what he meant by that. Um, I think maybe just a bit less stressful. I'm not sure. Um, maybe less injuries too even though Aidan McCarthy went off again so he's a doubt for them but yeah it'll be interesting to see how they manage that Munster final um, and, and see if they can pick up a trophy um, but yeah they were just like just more I don't know just on the ball slightly sounder towards the end mm. and just kept their cool a small bit like poked away a lot of ball and mentioned it to, to uh, Pat Ryan like you know of all fellas <laughs> to land the ball and down on top of us. John Conlon was just sweeping up there at one stage and um, there was a couple of balls pumped in and you know they were backs balls uh, let's say Harnady was trying to come out to win them but he had very little chance and they, they were the they, they were the, the couple of moments that, that probably was the, the winning and losing of it for Cork they just couldn't seem to get that perfect pass in the last three or four minutes to, to get that score to, to equalise again or to go ahead yeah, and I think a lot of credit there is due to, to the Clare defence and how hard they worked all the way throughout the 70 minutes of that game. For Cork, um, they now have to go to Limerick next week uh, and get a result which is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. No, like, and 
I don't know, it's probably going to be a knockout. Look, Tip, Tipperary are leading Limerick at the moment. We'll know by the time uh, we're on air <laughs> whether whether that's going to be the, the result is going to be final there. So uh, we'll know the, the the situation of play. But yeah, Cork. Look, I suppose they know what they need to do. They need to go and win. Very easy, isn't it? Just go to Limerick <laughs> and, and beat them and possibly knock them out of the championship. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's it's, uh, so yeah, it's it's a massive massive week ahead. Like you have to recover from this game. This game would have taken a lot out of them. You have to recover and get going again. And, uh, you know, it, it'll take, I'd say, the lads definitely a day to get over this because I even saw some of them afterwards here. And it was almost a bit of, I don't know, shell shock, the wrong thing to say, but definitely drained from it. Um, you know, like when, when, you're, when you're in that atmosphere and you end up on the wrong side of it and, you know, the, the, the noise that was there, it, it almost punches you in the gut every five seconds and uh, yeah they would have been fairly dejected at the end of this one Just zoom out a little bit obviously it's Pat Ryan's first year in charge I mean like what are the differences that you see in this Cork team this year compared to the previous years and I suppose the improvements that Pat has made to this Cork team Well it's directness I think anyway um, just they do like to go direct more often probably killed them as well but today actually but um, with the forwards they have, you know, everybody everybody gave out about the last regime that they didn't go direct. So um, that's probably the main difference. Also, the defence is a lot sounder now. Um, you know, they're they're a lot. To, I know. Look, they conceded what two twenty two today, but um, they are a lot more sounder to a man. Like um, you know, the likes of Robert Downey has improved so much. Sean O'Donnell coming back in, I thought he was a bit edgy to be honest with you in the first half. Uh, there was once or twice where he hesitated coming for a ball, uh, but Nilo Leary is as good a, a defender as you'll get in, in the country. And I think Damien Catalan is having a storm of year. I thought he was very good in that second half, actually. Um, so defensively, that bit sounder. Um, also, Brian Roach is incredible in midfield. Uh, he's, he's a great little player. Uh, chipped in with a point as well, uh, if not maybe two. But uh, yeah, just bit sounder in defence and more direct but I think if they can just get that ball a bit more accurate into the forwards and uh, like that look a lot of it is because of the pressure that the Clare forwards are putting on the Cork backs getting the ball out um, that's going to be multiplied tenfold next week in Limerick you know so it's going to be a really tough task but um, they are the main differences and I think you'd be very cynical to say that they haven't improved from last year mm-hmm. And just a word on Clare to finish up, Aidan, I suppose. They're obviously into the Munster final out. They'll go in there brimming with confidence. And I suppose just how far can this Clare team go? I think it just depends on if they have the stamina for it because they have the ability to win All-Ireland. Absolutely, they had the ability last year. That Munster final just zapped them totally. Um, if they can stay going, they can absolutely go all the way. I think they have an incredible manager, Brian Lohan. Um, he really... He is the job now, you know. He's he's on top of the job. He's he's, he's so calm afterwards. I don't know how he was so calm afterwards. Um, but he, you know, those players look like they'd absolutely die for him as well on the pitch, and the fans are loving it. Um, you know, it's a bit of a freight train, I would say, at this stage, and it's going to take a lot to stop them. Um, but that Munster final again, like last year, will that prove to be? the turning point of the season where it either drives them on further or it absolutely you know stops them dead in, in their tracks so it'll be fascinating to see um, I imagine after today they're probably gone second favourite for the All-Ireland are they um, so yeah it, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it pans out and 
you know, I suppose if Cork weren't to win the All Ireland, I'd absolutely love to see that Clare team win it. Uh, the likes of John Conlon, Tony Kelly, um, <laughs> Shane O'Donnell, like it would be great to see them win one, uh, win another one for for the three of them guys. Uh, they're they're a great watch, and the fans are superb as well. All right, and we'll leave it there. Thanks so much uh, for joining us after that game, and I hope you've recovered from that epic, epic encounter. Absolutely, no bother at all. Yeah, that was me sounds way at the full-time whistle, but yeah, what a game of hurling it was. Obviously, gutting that it didn't end victory for Cork, but um, yeah, it was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant game of hurling. It's what the Munster Championship is all about. Now Cork going Slimrick uh, next Sunday. it will be at that one for us and hopefully he'll be reporting on a Cork win. Uh, let's hear from Clare Boss Brian Lowen um, following the uh, win of Cork today. Are you relieved at that? Yeah, relieved, relieved, delighted. Um, just uh, thrilled really to um, to be back in the Munster final. Uh, Aidan McCarthy, what? Was, was he 100% going in? Uh, no, he, well, he, he wasn't 100%, but he was, you know, he was, you know, any intercounty player when they're when they're playing, like, it's 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 very hard to get to 100% for these um, big matches, like, um, especially when, when, when the scheduling of matches is so tight, so there's there's always a number of players that are, you know, that are touch and go, and um, he was touch and go whether he played, but he was good enough to play. You're in the Monster final now. Yeah, delighted to be there. Delighted to be there. Um, it was one of our aims at the start of the year was to uh, get back to that monster final and um, tough competition. You know, it's a really tough competition to to um, um, to get through to a monster final. Um, so we're just delighted with that. Did it feel like again you kind of had to win two or two or three times? Like you were, you looked to be excited. I suppose, yeah. There the, was those those occasions that um, we, um, we we had got on top um, and left them back into it. You know that happens when you know when you're conceding goals, um, very hard to pull away. And then with the quality of the forward line that they have, like just um, very hard to keep an eye on them for 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 so long. And um, no fair play to our lads, they stuck at it and uh, we're delighted with the win. Your response, Brian, to the two second half goals was to get a quick point and that obviously set, set the tone, reset. Yeah, that's that's always crucial in Ireland like that. Um, when you when you when you shift a, a blow like it's it's you know to to, to, to come back and respond is uh, a sign of a good team and we were delighted with the, with the response. And to come back after losing to Pereira, put you on the back to go over to the three games yeah well look I suppose you know there, there was um, there was a there was a lot of um, there was a lot of thought and a lot of uh, soul searching done in relation to ourselves and where we were going as a group um, um, after that um, tip game and you know everything was on the line against Limerick and um you know, got through the Walford game, and then here was just, you know, there wasn't as much pressure on the game, even though, you know, it was such a vital game. But there wasn't that 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 that, that real tough pressure that, um, um, that that we had going into the Limerick game. So um, there was a little bit, maybe a little bit more freedom in our play, and we probably played a little bit better. Um, uh, particularly coming down the stretch. We really seem to pull from the crowd by even David at one stage turned to the, the terrace and gave it a, a double fist bump. They seemed to get a huge result of that. Uh, I, I thought the crowd were just uh, fantastic. Like they were.
they were brilliant you know a lot of those um, a lot of those people there that are supporting the team have put an awful lot into you know all those lads like whether they're you know whether they trained them at under six or whether they looked after them and drove them here there you know there's a great um, there's a great appreciation uh, from the lads first of all from for, for what people have done from and I suppose the supporters are, are looking at, um, at looking at that bunch and you know there's they're getting behind them you know they appreciate the work that they're putting into it in a period like that last 10 minutes it's so frantic the crowd noise is deafening like I imagine you're probably just standing on the sideline hoping that the guys on the pitch can just sort themselves out because it must be fairly difficult to get messages across like in that sort of an atmosphere yeah I think so it's just you become a spectator at that stage like and you just um, you leave it to the players and um, the players go and, and and win the game players go and, and, and do what they do you know that they want to be out there um, and they're all smart individuals smart guys and um, uh, they really did well particularly in that last 10 minutes the scenes at the end there like you've seen some great days for Claire Horland but that seemed very special like have you ever actually witnessed anything like that before yeah look it's brilliant it's brilliant for the supporters you know the supporters really played their part today uh, brilliant for the players uh, brilliant for everyone who's involved like um, just uh, just outstanding yeah, that's just uh, Brian Lowen there, the Clare boss, speaking to the Assembly Media, including our man Aidan Leahy there at the end. Uh, just talking about a great day for Clare and what a game of hurling it was. Defeat for Cork, and they now must go to Limerick and get something. What a huge game that is going to be. Going to take a quick break. We still are going to talk about Kelly Taylor's defeat last night. We're going to look ahead to the Ski in the Skull finals, which are taking place in Porky Cueve this week. But uh, up next, going to talk to the Cork Intermediate Camogie side, who won the Monster title today. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Venice, Pisa, or Sardinia. All direct from Cork Airport. Cork Airport. Love taking off. Hey, we're Joanne McNally and Vogue Williams, and we're bringing our podcast by Herbus Ghost with me live to the Glen Eagle INEC Arena Killarney this December. The hilarious My Therapist Ghosted Me Live. Glen Eagle INEC Arena December 13th. We're going to have a ball. We are going to have a ball. We guarantee pyrotechnics and we're bringing people back from the dead. My Therapist Ghosted Me Live. Tickets from 44.90 are on sale now from Ticketmaster.ie. Additional charges may apply. See you in December, Killarney. Make it a summer of self-care with All About Gorgeous. Whether it's brows, lashes or nails, starting your summer waxing or laser routine or getting that gorgeous summer glow with a spray tan in any of our four salons, All About Gorgeous is here for you. For more, see allaboutgorgeous.ie. All About Gorgeous. With you, for you. You don't need a reason for the Domino's. You deserve a deal. But here are four. One, a personal pizza. Two, garlic pizza bread. Three, a drink. Four, Ben and Jerry's. All for just 15 euros. 99. There's another reason. And the 11th to the 6.23. Online and app only. Participating stores. Minimum spend delivery charges and restrictions may apply. Full T's and CSC Domino's.ie. For the perfect family holiday destination this summer, look no further than the Manor West Hotel Tralee. Have a splash in the leisure centre, a play in the den, and enjoy free nightly supervised kids entertainment. With lots of family activities nearby, Manor West Hotel Tralee is the perfect base for your summer family break in Kerry. Book now at manorwesthotel.ie. Hi. My name is Julie. I have a disability and work in a busy cafe. I love meeting the customers, the buzz, the chats. It's a really great place to work. So, if like me, you're a young person claiming disability allowance 
you'll be invited to chat about the employment and training supports available to you. Taking part is your choice, but it could be a great opportunity. For more information, visit gov.ie forward slash work supports disability. Brought to you by Intro, a Government of Ireland initiative. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Rory here with you on the Big Red Bench. A good day for the Cork Intermediate Camogie side. They beat Kerry today in the Munster final finish. Cork 218, Kerry 9 points. Let's hear from Cork's Lucy Allen speaking to Aidan. All right, I'm here with Lucy Allen after Cork retained their Munster Intermediate Camogie title. Lucy, I suppose that start to the second half, that was what won you the game. What did Trevor say to you at halftime? Because Kerry did finish the first half strong. Yeah, I think we went out of it there for a patch in the kind of coming into the halftime mark. And coming in at halftime, we just said, look, we've, there's more in us. Um, we were, you know, we had more to do, I think, and we knew that ourselves. There was more in the tank. We'd created a lot of chances and we hadn't finished them in the first half. So going down the second half, it was about, you know, winning the first ball, getting the first score, getting out in front of your player and try and convert the scores that we had. Yeah, and it was an important goal as well, obviously, from Clean and But he stuck to the task then and he didn't let Kerry back into it. They scored a few frees, but he really did close out the game. Yeah, I think we knew that goal was coming in us. Um, it was just about, I think we were hesitant maybe in the first half getting used to the stadium. And once that goal came, I think there was a bit of a, you know, we settled into ourselves a bit more. We were spraying the ball a bit better and we were converting the chances that we were creating. Um, so I think, you know, it was just a total team performance there today. Everyone, you know, turned up and that was our biggest thing. We wanted everyone to turn up and, and play the way we, we knew we could. It's a big boost now heading into the All-Ireland Series. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, we had a great run in the league. We had a replay there recently, which was, you know, a game that stood to us immensely. Um, and then coming out to this match, we were the same. We were like, you know, it's Monster Championship, but it's all about the All-Ireland at the end of the day. And we wanted to, to kind of take this match as the, the start of that journey. And, you know, it's a, a great boost to have going into the All-Ireland. Absolutely. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Hi, that was Lucy Allen there in conversation with Aidan Leahy. Let's hear now from Cork boss Trevor Coleman. Trevor Coleman, congratulations. You've retained the Monster Intermediate Camogie title against Kerry here in Ennis. And it was comprehensive in the end. You must be pretty happy. Yeah, look, it was a score. It was probably comprehensive in the end, but the first half there was very dogged. And to be fair, we knew all week that Kerry would come out after winning the league and put it up to us. So we told our goals the first half was going to be battle, and we'd hoped our Holland would come through in the second half, which it did, in fairness to the goals. But look, that first half was a right good battle. And look, Kerry are coming. I know it. I'd say over the last two weeks coming up here that we were in for a right battle, and that's what we got. Yeah, you scored 1-3 in the first six minutes in the second half. And obviously, Kerry finished really strongly, didn't they, in the first so. Obviously, you, you must have uh, put that message forward to the girls before they went back out to, to start the second half strong. Yeah, that was the plan. We said to my halftime, look, there was a few, Bobby, a few words at the halftime that we were. We went to sleep for the last five minutes of the first half and left, left Kerry back into the game, which we usually don't do. We have to probably look, go back and rectify that. Look, we'll give teams a chance to come back into the game. Their mojo was coming up, or coming on in the second half coming out, then their mojo would have been up. So we said the first five minutes of the second half, we were going to target it, we were going to hit them with everything we got. And look, it came out other days. That would go against them. But look, it, it worked in our favour, thank God. And like, there's great physicality in the game, some great scores as well. Laura Doyle with a fantastic score around 40 minutes as well. So, like... Hurling-wise, like, it was great skill out there and great physicality, which is good to see. Yeah, look, we, we played Waterford, we played Limerick the last two weeks, two senior teams, and did very well against Look, and Laura Dyle, she, she always chips in with a point or so every game, to be fair. Even though we don't want her shooting from that area, she needs to get into the zone. But Laura, to be fair to her, is absolutely great at taking scores from that area. So I'm, I'm delighted for her. She's after, look, she wasn't in the team last year, this year she's in the team. So that's great to see as well, you know? Going into the All-Ireland series now, obviously, this is a massive boost for you to go and kick on now and, and see how far you can go and obviously make up for maybe the last couple of years. 
Yeah, look, as I say, in all year, if we don't win the All Ireland this year, unfortunately, it's a failure. And that's, that's the, the facts about it, and that's sport, and that's life. So, that cup, the Munster Cup, now we'll go next to the League Cup inside the captain's cupboard. Won't be seen anymore, won't be spoken about anymore. It's the past, we have to talk about the future. Look, unfortunately, our game against Kildare next week has gone off for the situation up in Kildare, which doesn't help anything. And look, we wish Kildare the best of luck going forward with Camogie, and hopefully next year they'll be back uh, in the ticket things. But for us, look, we have to prepare for Kilkenny away. We have to try and beat Kilkenny for the third time, uh, which is not going to be easy. So, look, the All Ireland Series takes its own, its own journey, and that's what we have to knuckle down for the next two weeks from Trevor the best of luck congratulations today thanks William take thanks care you're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM and that is Trevor Coleman there in conversation with Aidan battling the, the noise the PA there right at the end uh, but a great win for Cork today um, and for more check out the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday on redfm.ie and from wherever you download the Big Red Bench podcast alright we're going to stick with uh, Gail again we're going to talk boxing in about five minutes time but first uh, we are going to hear from uh, Seamus O'Connor at the Alliance uh, skiing a skull PRO ahead of a massive week for them with the hurling and camogie finals taking place in Parky Quay. Plenty of games uh, taking place over the next week or so and plenty of excitement at schools all around the city and county. This is my conversation with Seamus. Alright, the skiing a skull hurling and camogie finals getting underway this week. Delighted to be joined by our good friend PRO of skiing a skull, uh, Seamus O'Connor, to talk about it. Seamus, how are you, sir? Hi Rory and thank you for having me on at the weekend I really appreciate it as always Not at all man, it's always a pleasure to have you on It's always a massively exciting time as well for skiing a skull with the finals taking place all the games being played in Porky Cueve and just the excitement for kids as they lead up into skiing a skull week it's just absolutely electric it is, as we always say, it's very much the centrepiece of the academic calendar sporting-wise here in Cork. And again, to recognise that, you know, one of the largest sporting operations in Cork is, is primary school games. And there's 411 schools in, in primary level in, in Cork and about 403 take part. Um, so while we have our big finals, I suppose, the central or the, the city, or they call it finals uh, over the next two weeks in Parky Cueve, just to recognise that Duhado had their finals um in Rathcoop this week as well, uh, which had 30 schools taking part. And in Dunmanway GA um, this week as well, we also had West Cork football um, finals, which again had a massive number of schools, I think about 52 this year. So overall, the operation over the next last week, this week and next week, um, we'll have approximately 4,000 pupils playing matches, playing finals, mm. um, as well as, as, as you know, um, particularly in the rural areas, the Skeena Skull finals are very much a, a focal point for the GA club and, and the community as a whole. So um, you can only imagine the crowds that are travelling and even for us, um, our finals start next Monday um, and they go on for six days, four days next week and Monday, Tuesday, the following week. We're delighted at Parky Creek because from an organisation perspective to have so many um, kind of supporters and families there, the fact that we've so much space is, is just so key to that at this point. So we're delighted to have the venue. Yeah, and as you mentioned, like it, it's not just the schools that get involved in this, it's entire communities. I can see that in Watergrass Hill. We're in two finals uh, on Monday and the excitement just around the place. It's absolutely fantastic to see. Yeah, we're incredibly privileged as a schools operation that, like, I suppose, to even if you look at any social media, we'll say here in Middleton, the Goyle School and my own school, School Breed here in Middleton, we're in finals. If you look at the social media coverage from the GA clubs, so I start the community pages, 
parents association pages and all other pages within and that's just the social media side of it um, as you know in Watergrass Hill there'll be signs going up around the village to support the local children who are playing um, you will have a huge number of um, it's always very interesting when you're in at the finals to see the number of we'll say local individuals who are mm. involved in the club or in the in the community in general that you meet there I always think especially areas like Glenmire Ballincollig like the entire area comes to support the school and it's incredibly it's an incredible privilege to be part of it and parallel to that Rory uh, about three years ago we, or two years ago we started streaming the finals um, because of Covid because we were aware there were a lot of people who weren't willing to, to come to large gatherings and we are consider, con- continuing to do that um, we feel that there are a lot of grandparents or there are people who are at work who can't get off to come into the finals and um, again there's a cost in that but we just feel that the overall traction that we have it's on it, it, sorry the finals are streamed through YouTube so if you look up Shkina Skull on YouTube you'll see the finals being streamed but it just gives an opportunity for even more people to be part of the atmosphere and to be part of the occasion and um, do you know the nicest part of all sometimes is when you see the videos afterwards of, of uh, children driving through villages and towns with the cup and so on and so <laughs> yeah. forth look it really is we're, we're very privileged to be able to promote and to organise these games and again just to recognise all the work that's going on I suppose from a standards perspective it's Camogie and Hurling and look maybe a few years ago it, you, one could argue that the standard wasn't as good and we discussed it here Rory that we were saying that there were you know things were being implemented to try and improve the standards but um, just to say even from the Camogie side of the house um, we had a load of uh, we, obviously we play off leagues and then the top top two teams get into the finals but this year we had to have a lot of playoffs and semi-finals over the last two weeks purely because the standard was so high and the, and the, and the divisions were so balanced mm. um, and the score lines were all kind of 1-5 to three, 3 points and or 2-4 to, you know, it was a very good standard of, fine, of game um, and uh, I, you have to recognise the clubs have genuinely upped their game in relation to coaching, particularly since COVID. I think everybody during COVID appreciated the, the ability to go out and play and play games in the fields and there's definitely been an upturn in relation to the standard and I would definitely invite anybody who's anyway interested to to visit Parky Cueve over the next two weeks and see what goes on. Yeah, it should be an absolutely uh, fantastic occasion. Talk to me, Seamus, you just kind of touched on briefly there when you're organising something as big as the Allianz Ski and the Skull. Just talk to me about the work that goes in in the background to make sure that everything goes off smoothly. Yeah, I, I suppose, to, again, to, to reiterate, even in our own uh, Camogie and Hurling games here over the last two and a half months, so you have um, 138 schools involved, you could have over 200 teams, so you can imagine on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, the amount of travel that's going on between games and venues. I suppose from our perspective at our committee, we have a, a cohort of retired teachers who particularly during the finals um, organise all of the, 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 the stewarding, the presentations, the commentaries even. Um, and I, I'm, I'm hoping one of these days that we might be honoured to have the great Rory O'Hagan do some commentaries <laughs> for some of the finals, you know. But um, no, just to say, and uh, but I mean that, but no, just to say that like we have a brilliant cohort on the day, each day that are there. Um, we obviously have a group of officers who are full-time teachers who may not be released for the finals, but behind the scene are organising... Um, look the, the various logistical issues around that and then we have a full-time uh, secretary uh, Asumpta who works in the office who I think is, is, is the most famous of our organising committee because she liaises with all the schools and again without her we'd be completely lost but as I said you know everybody who's involved with the club or a committee if you're organising anything to do with two or three hundred individuals that's difficult enough from our perspective with, with over 400 schools involved you know it's quite taxing but again we are privileged our games are very focal to practically every school in the county as well as the communities that we're serving so um, 
you know, we, we are delighted to do what we do. And the finals being run um, this week up until Thursday and then um, Monday and Tuesday next week. So it's a, a very hectic schedule of, of, of games. It is a hectic schedule. But again, look, Andrew, we're delighted to have the, the field uh, or Parky Cueve. Um, it's in great condition at the minute. And it, each day starts at 10 a.m. And as I said, no more than the support we've gotten in, in Duhallo and West Cork. You know, we're very appreciative of, of Cork County Board's support around um, our finals. Shannon Scholar, thanks very much for talking to us today about the Alliance Ski and the Skull finals. Very, very best luck to them and very, very best luck to all the schools involved. Great. Thank you, Rory. Thanks for having us. Much James O'Connor there, uh, Skinner Skull PRO, ahead of a, a very, very busy week and very, very best luck indeed to all the schools taking part, particularly at Watergrass Hill, uh, where uh, my kid attends and uh, massively looking forward uh, to the finals this week. All right, we are going to look back at uh, disappointing like last night uh, at the three arena no two ways about it Katie Taylor beaten by Chantal Cameron one judge scoring at 95 apiece the other two judges giving it to, to Cameron by two rounds I was kind of half scoring it and I kind of had it as a draw maybe uh, the green um, glasses were on a little bit um, haven't watched the fight back but just from reading the reports uh, like it was a deserved win for Cameron but I as I was watching it I, I, I scored it a draw but then I'm I suppose massive Katie Taylor fan and I, I said that the green tinted glasses were certainly on last night our good buddy Spike O'Sullivan was there um, we're going to hear from him in a bit first we're going to hear briefly from uh, Katie Taylor we're going to hear from Eddie Hearn and we're going to hear from Chantal Cameron then we will talk to Spike O'Sullivan who was ringside last night did you think you'd had enough to win the fight Katie? Um, I'm not sure to be honest I have to obviously look, look uh, back in the fight it was obviously a very very close fight it's not how I, I wanted my home coming to go but I'm just so grateful for all the support that regardless. Thank you so much. Um, uh, congratulations to Chantal on a fantastic performance and thank you so much for this opportunity to, to fight for your belts and um, looking forward to the rematch. <laughs> Indeed. It was a great fight, and you know, when you're in a great fight, you're in a tough fight, you're in a 50 50 fight, you can get beat. And uh, Chantel Cameron was fantastic tonight. I thought it was a very close fight. I thought Chantel just edged it, and Katie will be devastated, but will be desperate to do it again. Katie, we know her for her pace. I didn't see that as much tonight. Yeah, she looked really tired, like even in the first round. And I don't know, you know I hate to take away from what Chantel did. Her body work was great, and she needed to start the fight, the fight fast, and she did from the first round. Round, but Katie looked really tired. I know the ring walk was long, and I, I, it was so emotional. Like I don't know whether that was draining. I, I mean, I felt really emotional watching her getting in the ring and seeing the crowd. But you know, Chantel was really calm in there tonight. She knew what she had to do, and she executed the game plan perfectly. Yeah, a really powerful fighter. Mm. Was it a risk to jump up in weight class? We talked about this. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Chantel's boxed at super featherweight. She's boxed at lightweight. But she was the bigger fighter in there tonight. But Katie wants to take risks. You know, she tried to make history tonight. She wanted that fight, she wanted the homecoming, and she'll still believe she can beat her. She hasn't come out to speak to the public just yet, and we can't blame her for that whatsoever. She put on an amazing show tonight. Have you got a chance to speak to her? Yeah, I spoke to her in the ring. I mean, she was exhausted. She was devastated. She, she'll... She'll cry herself to sleep tonight, you know, and she'll probably won't sleep much till the rematch date's confirmed. But she'll be back, and like I said, she will believe she can perform better than that, and she can. And she'll need to, because Chantel Cameron may be better than that next time as well, but... You know, she's a she's an ultimate competitor and she'll do everything she can to win that rematch. So there is definitely a rematch? Definitely a rematch, Bulls. 
possibly. I mean, we may look at a stadium. I mean, look, that was unbelievable. To me. You know, I think it was the best atmosphere I've ever experienced. It was, it was incredible, wonderful arena. I don't think Katie will care where the rematch is. Obviously, she'll love to do it in Ireland, but she'll just be desperate for the fight. Did you enjoy your time in Dublin? I had honestly one of the best fight weeks I've ever had. You know, it was so exciting, so welcoming. Um, great atmosphere all week and a great atmosphere in this night. I think, although some people will be disappointed with the results, everyone will leave and think, what a great night, and that was that's always the key. Conor McGregor was ringside, he was animated as ever. Yeah, he was. He had a go at me about Gary Cully, who's this guy you put him in with, and you know, he was gutted for Katie, but he's been a good addition, you know, he's a character and he's passionate. He's passionate about the Irish fighters, and he was disappointed with some of the results, but um, yeah, on we go. Katie, he's a great fighter, great ambassador for the sport. And I always knew it was going to be a tough night. And to come to Dublin, her homecoming, everything was against me, everything was in favour of Katie, but I showed what I'm about. Speaking to my team, I think uh, I went for Undisputed against McCaskill. She never put her belts on the line. This time, Katie came up to my way again. I put my belts on the line. That's two times now I beat two Undisputed World Champions back-to-back. And uh, tonight, everything was in Katie's favour, so I speak to my team, see what's next, and... I'm just going to enjoy this win and see what happens. All right, we just heard from Eddie Hearn there and from Chantal Cameron, and we're now going to talk to our good friend, Mr. Spike O'Sullivan, who is uh, certainly closer than most at the Three Arena last night. Spike, how are you, sir? Very good, Rory, yourself? Very good. Thank you very much uh, indeed, as always, for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Um, Let's get straight to it, Spike. Um, uh, The two judges giving a two-round win to Chantal Cameron. At one row, judge scoring at 95 apiece. Uh, was that fair in your view, um, or how did you score it? I thought Cameron won it. Like, you know, I thought Katie has been kind of getting favourable decisions from judges over the years, I suppose. I thought the pursuing fight was a bit suspect as well, but um, I think last night was maybe a step too far. I think Cameron deserved to win, even though Katie was at home and the crow were very much on her side. It could have swayed the judges, but uh, I think the right, the right fighter got the decision. Like. Uh, Cameron did a very good job of silencing that crowd um, last night. She boxed on the front foot from the off, put Taylor under pressure, and within a couple of minutes, the crowd realised that Taylor is in a battle. She's the bigger, strong, stronger, more dominant woman from the get-go. Uh, Katie had the faster hands in the first round and the second round as well, but um, she was always under pressure, and uh, it was it was it was tough going for her. You know, um, she was under pressure from the very beginning, and uh, Cameron stuck to that. And she was in very good condition, very fit, very strong, well conditioned by her uh, coaches, and um, she never looked like losing the fight. To be honest, I didn't think she um she had a huge volume of punches as well. Spike, I mean, like she had Taylor up against the ropes for for most of the fight, threw a lot of punches. Maybe not a lot of them landed or landed in the gloves of Taylor, but it's uh, it's eye catching, I suppose, if you're watching that ringside. You see the the volume of punches that Cameron is um is uh is putting out. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was very good. Uh, she done done the basics very well. Uh, you know, she stuck to her guns. She was very well. She was great coaches and. Um, you know, she didn't put a foot wrong, really. Uh, Katie's a superb boxer, and uh, she nullified her for the most part, especially with her. It reminded me kind of Bivel against uh, Canelo, a little bit like that. Just uh, the size was a bit too much of an ask. Um, and a quality boxer as well, Cameron. So um, it was just uh, too much for Katie. And uh, I think she, knowing Katie, she'll like to have a rematch, but um, I don't think it's in her best interest personally. I think. Um, Next time around, she could be maybe more convincingly. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, like, the, like it was the first question that he heard last night was basically, "Is we're going to do this again?" And he heard and confirmed there was a rematch clause. 
But it's a big ask for Taylor. I mean, like Eddie Herman saying the autumn, maybe maybe talk suggesting it might be in Croke Park this time around. But you're right, it is going to be a huge task for Katie Taylor. I suppose this is a question that Taylor's never been asked in her professional career. She's never been beaten. Uh, and now we have to find out what Katie Taylor can do to, to bounce back from a defeat like that in such a high-profile one as well. She's phenomenal, you know, and you can't really write her off, I guess. But uh, for me, my money will be on uh, Cameron the rematch. I think uh, she'll settle quicker in the fight, even though she settled pretty quickly in this one too. But she went into this fight not knowing Katie. She'd never been in the ring with her before or shared the ring with her. Um, this time around, if there is a rematch, uh, you know, she'll know what's going to be coming. And I, I felt as though Katie never showed any signs of really and the punch that could concuss Cameron and maybe knock her out I never I thought she was never going to win by knockout you know so Cameron can have that uh, confidence knowing that she most likely won't get knocked out and um, she'll be able to sort herself really, really quickly and keep continued pressure on her uh, in the rematch and as I say I really don't think it bodes well for Katie yeah, I mean, obviously Eddie Hearn promotes both fighters, but in his interest, they're supposed to get the rematch uh, going. But as you say, if you were managing Katie Taylor, Spike, what would your advice to her be? Um, I think she should go, definitely go back down to her own division, even though Cameron is saying that she could make uh, 135 as well and fight Katie for her titles. Katie's still a champion at 135. I think maybe she, maybe a rematch with Serrano might be more suitable for Katie. I think Cameron's just uh, too physically... Too, too big like you know just uh, has a weight advantage and she will do as well if they even fight at 135 she'll rehydrate uh, to become a lot much bigger than Katie in the ring and on the night anyway and uh, I just think she's simply too big too strong you know, I'm not, not going to say too good I think Katie's probably actually technically the better boxer and probably the faster hands but you know you kind of keep up that hand speed for 10 rounds and uh, eventually Cameron will wear her down and uh, I just don't fancy her in the rematch so uh, I'd like to see her maybe fight uh, Serrano again yeah that'd be a fantastic fight and certainly one I think everyone would get behind and support uh, Taylor um, overall um, overall Spike I suppose like it was the first big boxing night in Ireland in many a year I mean like there was a terrific atmosphere at it a huge crowd at the three arena it, it was great to have top level boxing back in Dublin it's fantastic, absolutely. The place was buzzing, it was great. Um, I think it was the first fight there in the three arena since uh, 2014. Um, so it's been many years, it's been a long time com- to coming back and uh, it was great to see the atmosphere, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it certainly was indeed. And uh, Some other good fights in the, the night um, last night, like Thomas Carty in particular put on a, a performance last night uh, beating Jay McFarlane. He looked very, very good last night, Spike. Yeah, I think he stole the show uh, last night for the Irish. Um, on the, from an Irish perspective, uh, he was he got the best win of all the Irish. There was only two Irish winners in it. I thought it was three actually: Quivina, Garco, and uh, uh, bloody was it? Um, uh, oh my God, one name won't come to me. Uh, Paddy Donovan, he won as well. He he was the first fight. Name of the fight. Uh, the first fight of the night uh, he done a he did a very good performance himself I think Paddy or uh, Thomas Carty stole the, stole the show uh, with uh, some heavy punches and got the knockout um, he looks very good I think I've said it a couple of times uh, he has the potential to be the best heavyweight fighter of Ireland of all time mm-hmm. I think you know um, so hopefully things go to plan for him and Dennis Hogan beaten last exciting. night yeah he certainly was Dennis Hogan beaten last night by JJ Metcalf um it was a deserved win for JJ, I suppose, and Dennis uh, Hogan just didn't know how to deal with him. Um, I think Dennis looked a bit weight trending there, to be honest, last night, and uh, JJ Metcalf looked in superb condition. Uh, he looked really, really ripped, and uh, 
you know, he was too much for Dennis last night. And I'm looking to fight him actually. Maybe if they do have a rematch, Katie and um, Sir or Cameron, uh, or can just come back and have a fight in Ireland. Um, I'd like to fight um, JJ Metcalf next. Yeah, I was going to ask you just before we wrapped up um, how about the timeline, I suppose, for your return to the ring. It's been a while. I know you were suffering uh, with a broken foot uh, a couple of months back. I assume that's uh, almost pretty much healed at this point. But um, So that's what you're hoping for, I suppose, is that fight with JJ Metcalf. Yeah, I'm back in the gym now and um, I might get a fight in, um, in America in, in the summer, I think. Uh, and then maybe if um, Eddie Aaron comes back with Katie to uh, Ireland later on in the year, I'd like to fight Metcalf on that card. It'd be fantastic. It's been a while since uh, you've been in the ring, Spike. It's been a year almost to the day at this point. Uh, how frustrating has it been, I suppose, to not be in the ring for the past year? Yeah, it's almost a year now. Um, it's quite frustrating because uh, I broke my ankle playing football in the garden with the kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I couldn't think of a better way to uh, break the ankle, to be honest. Uh, you know, I was kind of doing something that I, I love doing and, uh, you know, things happen. Could have been worse. I could have broke my back or my neck or whatever. Like, I'm back anyway and I'm back training and uh, looking forward to getting fully fit again and uh, getting back in the ring, hopefully, in the next couple of months. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing you back in the ring and hopefully on that uh, Katie Taylor uh, undercard in a couple of months' time. Spike, pleasure as always, bud. Thanks for talking to us today on the Big Red Bench. Cheers, Rory. Thanks very much. Thank you, Spike. Always a pleasure to talk uh, to one of Cork's, one of Ireland's uh, finest boxers. Right, very briefly before we wrap up, uh, let's hear from uh, Ronan O'Gara after uh, he left, what a game yesterday, uh, beating uh, Leinster in the Champions Cup final by a single point. Let's hear from the La Rochelle head coach. Incredibly special, I think. The disbelief after Marseille, pretty confident coming here, um, but you have to temper that with the fact that you're playing Leinster at home, and then it becomes incredibly difficult with the start they got. Uh, but what a response, what a, what a show of uh, character from the boys. It really warms the heart to think about what they did today, and uh, it's really, really special. There's no other words for it. Yeah, going in at half-time, what was the, the speech to the guys? It was such a bonus. You have no idea in the fact that we're nine points down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 17 was... Can You can come back from 17, but you probably have to change tactically. At nine, you don't have to change anything. You know, you, Then we started well. We got a penalty, 26-20, innit? And then we probably became a little bit blunt or stale in the fact that we had identified a weakness in them, the fact we get the mall keep driving it driving it driving we didn't get many penalties or joy out of it till I suppose near the end of the game uh, but then when you score with whatever eight minutes left a brilliant conversion you go point up Leinster are going to come back in the game and they came back into the game really hard and it's you know genuinely could have gone anyway at the end yeah it's a very relieved they run Nogara after yesterday's uh brilliant win over Leinster thrilling game that was that's it from us from the Big Red Bench thanks very much indeed for listening to us this evening if you've missed the show if you missed last night's show you can get that on our podcast it's available at redfm.ie forward slash podcast or you can download the Big Red Bench podcast put in Big Red Bench into your podcast pack pod, pod, podcast that's the word I'm looking for podcast provider and you'll find it there enjoy the rest of your Sunday mags up next with Green on Red I'll talk to you next week The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.